the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. Will they or won't they make the postseason? That is a question right now. Top of mind for many people with the NFL regular season less than 30 days away, Lundy. And uh, BetMGM just posted where they have the most action on who is going to make the playoffs and where they have the most action on who is most likely to miss the playoffs. Top three teams bet on at BetMGM to make the playoffs. The Broncos a plus 130. No shocker there because uh, there's a ton of orange-minded folks that live in the state of Colorado where there's legal you know, sports betting and it's a, a higher handle and they're always seduced and, uh, you know, Cautiously optimistic or overly optimistic year in and year out. The fighting football is at plus 120. And the Lions. Yeah, the Lions. If you want a long shot uh, and if you just like burning $100 bills at 7-1, to one, most teams bet to miss the playoffs at BetMGM. The Colts at minus 110. No surprise there. In light of recent news, the Dallas Cowboys. People fading Dak Prescott and company at plus 115. And the Saints, not knowing who is going to be the quarterback, knowing that maybe Michael Thomas has burned a bridge that will never be able to be repaired again uh, in light of recent news with his situation, they're at minus 130. So either way, uh, on this list, or a team that did not make this list, to make the playoffs or to miss the playoffs, which one is your favorite right now? Ooh, let me go off the list here, Brad. The one that's a favorite for me, just because I like the juice involved with it, and you and I have talked about the rookie sensation on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh, a plus 140 to make the playoffs, and we know that the AFC North can be uh, a bit of a black and blue division, right? Just kind of beating each other up, home, away, etc. Weather plays a factor with oh, yeah. these teams, with where they are all located. Uh, we talk a lot about Baltimore. We talk a lot about Cleveland. Um, but I, you know, at plus 140, I could see Big Ben with the addition of his shiny toy in the backfield and Najee Harris uh, maybe surprise some folks and sneak in there as a wildcard team. So at plus 140, I like those odds on the Steelers. Ooh, that offensive line has got to make some progress and gel in a hurry. And the Steelers, according to Michael Ad, ESPN, has the second hardest schedule projected for this season. So we'll see about that one. Give me Miami at plus 110 to make the playoffs. Fifth easiest projected schedule. Uh, we know that the lower part of that division, we'll see what happens with New England, whether that's going to be Cam Newton or Mac Jones under center in week one. But, you know, that team is probably going to be middling yet again. We know the Jets are the Jets, though. They are moving in the right direction. And, of course, you got the Buffalo Bills, or La Creme La Creme, in that division. And Miami was a double-digit winner last year. So if things break their way, they could be a wild-card team. And, again, let's get seduced by that juice at plus 110. Uh, much rather slap a an Uncle Benji down on that then say the Lions at seven to one. Just rolling smoke that hundred dollar bill. Utterly ridiculous there in Detroit. As Michigan fans, I don't know how they could be even remotely optimistic, uh, but apparently those living in the Wolverine state are drunk on the optimism. With that, let's get to it right now on this Taco Tuesday edition with another spicy fade five. 
number five. All right, Lundy, let's talk about a player that's in the news. He broke a digit. Uh, that is DJ Chark, and uh, his finger's going to be in a splint uh, probably for the next uh, couple of weeks at least after undergoing a surgical procedure to repair that broken finger, which could limit him potentially the early part of the season. Jacksonville opens, by the way, uh, with a delectable matchup on the road against Houston, and then they follow up against maybe the revived no-fly zone and the Denver Broncos at home in week two. So knowing that is a factor here in handicapping this line, I'm taking the under on 900.5 yards for DJ Chark, minus 115, pulled this one from DraftKings. Last season took a step back with a three-headed ferret, uh, spearheaded by Gardner Minshew, a quarterback, on 94 targets, 53 receptions, 706 yards, and a handful of touchdowns. Now, he was number nine in unrealized air yards, number 91 in catchable target rate, and had 29 deep targets in just 13 games, though he was wide receiver 62 and yak per reception. Now, some of the fearless forecasters out there, Mike Clay's got him at 974, Jeff Ratcliffe at 967, and fantasy football today, 952. So all three comfortably over this line. And of course, Trevor Lawrence, a massive upgrade at quarterback. And he got the defense that is going to be flimsy in Duval County, which could thrust this Jacksonville team into some high-volume situations as their scoreboard chasing. But still, uh, given the recent setback, giving the uncertainty early on in the season, and knowing, too, you got Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault, they're going to eat into that target share. I think he's going to be close and just under this 900.5 yards line, minus 115 at DraftKings, fade or follow. Fade, my good sir. Let's start things <laughs> off on a Taco Tuesday with me just stealing your chips and guac. No! Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a fade on this one, but it's because I think it's gonna be close. But I think he's actually gonna get to the over. I think those negative game scripts are gonna play into it. Obviously, dude's got to be on the field. Um, you got to be able to see him for at least 15 out of the 17 games um, for him to be able to get to this number, in my opinion. Because even though they are gonna be in a negative game script, you're right. Uh, part of the reason they're gonna be in that negative game script is. Uh, you know, this this offense is a bunch of question marks. We have no idea what they're going to do. We know they've got some really nice, uh, shiny new toys, uh, but they're all new, including the coaching staff. And I'm not sure how much I trust that coaching staff, uh, at least not yet. So I'm going to take the over, but I think it's going to be close. I think like you, he's going to he's going to come in close to that 900 number. But I'm going to lock him in around 930, 940. And so therefore, I'll fade and take the over on DJ Chark. Do, 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 DJ Chark. Do, do, yeah, do, do, just do, do. just stop right there. Number four. All right, let's move on to a player that has not earned any buzzy headlines and one that could be on the roster bubble, according to some of the New York Jets insiders. Denzel Mims. Yes, there's a line for him, believe it or not, of the New York Jets. 500.5 yards over or under available at DraftKings. And I'm siding with the under and comfortably so, though juiced up at minus 130. Look at Mims in nine games last season as a rook. Uh, 45 targets, just 23 receptions, 357 yards, and no touchdowns. Now, many expected because of his physicality, and he had a high spark score. Hey, man, he's going to be able to tap into that potential and unleash uh, here with Zach Wilson now under center for this team and likely to start, at least many people you know, forecasted, projected, he would likely start opposite of Corey Davis. But, man, Mims has really struggled in training camp. And let me just go ahead and read you what Connor Hughes 
uh, reported earlier today for The Athletic, and I think this is going to give you all the indication you need on where you need to stack your chips. Uh, again, Corner Connor Hughes, he said this, the biggest issue with Mims is that he just isn't a scheme fit. LaFleur wants pristine route runners and guys who create yardage after the catch. Mims is a big-bodied, linear player who's best winning 50-50 balls. That's a type of guy Adam Gase wanted, so that's why GM Joe Douglas drafted him. Now with a new staff and scheme, it's the old square peg round hole conundrum. It's hard to believe the Jets will cut a second-round pick in year two, especially after Mims showed some ability to stretch the field, but it's getting harder and harder to find a place for him on the roster, especially considering he doesn't play special teams. Damning, to say the least, on Denzel Mims. Lundy, you could agree with me on the under here, 500.5 yards, fade or follow. Yeah, I kind of feel like this is somebody that owns a hot tub but lives in Phoenix. Uh, like, what's, <laughs> what, what, what's, the, what's the reasoning? Like, why are you doing this? Boy, yeah, yourself just- alive. Exactly. Like the previous homeowners thought it was a really good idea, but the current homeowners are like, yeah, we really don't. We really don't need this. But you're sitting with this hot tub and it's kind of expensive and you don't really know what to do with it. That's kind of what I feel like with Mims. This feels like a trade waiting to happen. Like, hey, this guy just doesn't really fit for us. Uh, Anybody want him, want to toss us a draft pick just so we don't, you know, completely cut him and lose everything. Uh, I'm following on this one. I don't think he comes anywhere near this. And I'm not even sure that he's going to be on the Jets roster uh, by the time we start rolling through the season this just seems like square peg round hole doesn't fit uh so i'm gonna follow and let's see if mims winds up donning a different jersey yeah it could be a disastrous 2021 season for denzel mims number three all right staying in the big apple let's talk about the man of the moment a guy that's generated a ton of commentary on social media because he is back at practice and off the pup list that is saquon barkley and this number is the subject of today's twitter poll go to my handle right now on twitter at noisy huevos and submit your vote with your comment i will reveal the results at the end of today's pods and we'll share some of your two cents as well here is a line 1000 150.5 rush yards and I'm on the over minus 111 this one pulled from bet MGM now you know Barkley hasn't done this since his rookie season and that was a spectacular debut 1,370 yards in 16 games uh, two years ago 1,003 yards on the ground in 13 games of course he played just two contests before his knee exploded uh, but you know if you've been following a social media account all summer long he's been working feverishly he's been working diligently and it looks like he's working really uninhibitedly Lundy and I know Joe Judge is like hey we're taking this day by day we're not guaranteeing that he is going to be on the field even for week one but I think that's just a bunch of smoke and mirrors uh, that the head coach the New York Giants is tossing out there I think he will be available week one and I think in that opening season matchup against the Denver Broncos he's got to get at least 15 touches in that game you look at some of the forecasts out there fantasy football today just over at 1,156 Mike Clay way over at 1,230 but Jeff Ratcliffe playing the conservative card at 1,058 rush yards he's a yak beast uh, and if you can even guarantee me 15 games I think you can creep over this 1,150.5 rush yards mark so Lundy Feed or follow. Can Saquon just average 67.7 rush yards per game, assuming a 17-game season, this 1,150.5 rush yards mark? Oh, fade or follow. Over or under? 
Spoiler alert, he can. Uh, yes, I think he's up at 1,200. I think that's the number. It's going to be a little bit of a slow roll to start things off, um, which I would, I'd be fine with. I don't have an issue with that. You don't want to trot him out, have him get hurt. And you're going up against a pretty good Denver Broncos defense in week one. But beyond that, I think he's going to wind up ramping up. I think he's going to have those games where he pops um, and you see the big-time yardage numbers, and that's what helps out this overall average. So I know some of the prognosticators are being a bit conservative. I think he's 1,200-plus. Um, I think this is going to be an easy number for him to be able to get to. Um, and again, don't let week one or even week two sway you or have you worried about your betting ticket. I think he's going to be fine by the time we get to week 18. Yeah, amen on that. Certainly back, Barkley. With that, stick around as my top plays of Major League Baseball are coming up along with bonus time. Number two. All right, Lundy, yesterday, let's see how I did. Uh, Luis Castillo failed because uh, he got rocked. First time in a long time, uh, so I missed on that one. The Brewers game got rained out. Very ominous clouds hanging around Wrigley Field. Uh, so that reduced. Now, the White Sox won, so that two-legger went to a one-legger. Didn't make a whole lot of money. But Eloy Jimenez uh, coming through for me in RBI. So kind of a mixed bag yesterday. Let's go back to a pitcher prop, and let's talk about one of the key acquisitions at the trade deadline by the L.A. Dodgers. That is Mad Max Scherzer, and he's going to take you beyond the Thunderdome against a familiar foe in the Philadelphia Phillies. Give me the over on seven-and-a-half strikeouts. Yeah, I'm paying for the Jews at minus 140 at DraftKings. Just for reference, it's a full strikeout higher at Fandle right now, though it is juiced to the under uh, instead of the over, which is at plus 122 on eight and a half strikeouts. Now, Scherzer in his Dodgers debut, seven innings pitch, 10 punch outs against the Houston Astros this season and three turns against the Phils, nine, eight, and five K. So he's been over in two and three. He's been over in 13 of 20 starts on the seven and a half strikeout line. His pitch well, two on the road to the 3.18 ERA. However, Philadelphia, second lowest K rate in Major League Baseball over the last 30 days. So, Fader follow Mad Max over seven and a half strikeouts in Philadelphia. Well, the beauty in this one, Brad, is that because of the trade, he's actually already seen the Phillies three times this year. I yep. love that, right? So you got to take that with uh, with the fact that he knows these batters. What, back in June, went seven and two-thirds, had nine. Uh, let's see, back in June as well, took them on late in the month, went five innings, had eight. So, yes, I'm going to follow on this one because even though he has not faced them with his new team, he has faced them already three times this year, including a seven-inning affair uh, where he still wound up with five strikes strikeouts even in a shortened game so uh, I like him to go over with this number I think that the fact that you can shop around as you said find it at the seven and a half if it starts to get juiced up find something you want to pair it with but I like this one give me eight strikeouts plus for Mad Max pile up the strikeouts with Scherzer number one all right last and certainly not least my top play in the MLB tonight give me the over on the Boston Red Sox four and a half runs at home against the Tampa Bay Rays minus 120 at bet MGM you have Luis Patino on the bump for this Rays franchise and he has an astronomically high road ERA this season, 7.41, giving up 14 earned and 17 innings pitched away from Florida. And you look at the Red Sox, a 729 post-All-Star break OPS. They absolutely rake at home as well with a 782 home OPS on the season. And in nine games against the Rays this year, they have been over this number five times. So fade or follow, Boston gets at least 
Five runs tonight and a critical matchup in division against Tampa Bay. Minus 120 at BetMGM. Yeah, Boston desperately needs this game. And so if they're going to get it, they're going to have to get it with some help uh, with the with the offense. It's not going to be about the pitching, which, oh, by the way, sneak preview bonus time. Uh, it's not going to happen from a pitching standpoint, I don't think. So this is a massively critical. The advantage is obviously it's at Fenway. Uh, but Boston has not been playing well of late. If they're going to get right, uh, this may be a pretty tough series for them to do it in because yeah. they're going against a really good team. But, but at the same time, as I said, Boston has not looked good. They've got to get right. And in order to do that, wake up the bats. Let's see if it happens. I'm with you. I don't know how much they're going to crush it, but I think four and a half is too low of a team total in this matchup going on in the AL East. All right, let's make some buckaroos. It's time for bonus time. Lundy, what else you got on your betting card? Well, actually, I'm going to throw these out there, and unfortunately, they're both in the same game, and it's the game we were just talking about. So you can same-game parlay if you want to get into this or you want to pair it up with something else. But Luis Patino, who you just talked about, his over-under on strikeouts is 5.5. Take the under. Dude's only done it twice all year. For crying out loud. I don't know where the hell they got this number from. Uh, and when I got, I'm serious, Brad, when I got up this morning, this, the under was at minus 125. You want to know what it is now? Minus 150. Ah, uh, so I'm really glad I snagged it when I did. Speaking of heavily juiced, Eduardo Rodriguez, his number is at seven and a half. I'm taking the under juiced to minus 190. Wow. Um, good Lord. So you got to find some stuff you want to pack this with. I'm going to throw out one that I think is a little bit uh, maybe off the beaten path. Um, Sean Manaya uh, of the Oakland A's on the road against Cleveland. I know Cleveland ranks in the top 10, in fact, 10th in terms of K per nine, in terms of lowest K per nine rate. Cleveland is not a team that strikes out a lot. However, his strikeout prop is only at five and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and I, going up against this Cleveland team back in mid-July, he got seven. So I think he can get to at least six. So I'm going to take the over. That one's only at minus uh, 105. Finally, a three-leg money line parlay for you. Give me Detroit, the Yankees, and the A's. Put them all together, Brad. That's a plus 414. Ooh, sexy. And I've got a four-leg money line parlay of my own. Good, sir. Uh, give me the San Francisco Giants. Logan Webb on the bump against Arizona. Uh, give me Milwaukee in game two of a doubleheader between the Cubs and the Brewers. I don't even know who's pitching. Doesn't matter. Give me the Chicago White Sox on the road against Minnesota. Dallas Keuchel on the bump and give me the New York Mets with Carlos Carrasco going up against the depleted Washington Nationals. So the Giants, the Brewers, the White Sox, and the Mets all four wins straight up plus 458 at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'm going to double down on Eloy Jimenez and I'm going to say this. He gets a double tonight against Minnesota. You can bet on this at BetMGM. Plus 260 if he gets a two-bagger. What is fascinating, Lundy, is that his home run prop is plus 180. And, well, it's understandable because he's got four round trippers in his last two games, though he's got a double in four of his last five games. And he's going up against Griffin Jacks. What a name of the Twinkies, who's given up a 5.63 ERA in 32 innings pitch, though 4.19 ERA as a starter, and he's got a 12.7 barrel percentage allowed, and Eloy is just breathing fire right now. So to get a two-bagger, plus 260. All right, before we get out of here, Paul results, Paul results. Uh, now that Saquon Barkley is back at practice, where do you stand on his rush yards prop pulled from BetMGM at 1,150.5? Yards, minus 111 either direction. We had 322 votes and under 
is the big winner here at 60.9% compared to 39.1% on the over. Troy Kramer added, I believe he is ready to roll this year, and he only needs to average around 68 yards per game. You know he's going across the century mark a couple of times. Give me the over. ADP on Twitter says the Giants offensive line and Saquon's injury risk are enough reasons to bet on the under. And futurist humanist optimist on Twitter says in a 17-game season, if he's on the field week one, this is an easy over smash. So a little bit of disagreement there on Saquon Barkley this upcoming season. With that, that's a wrap on this edition of the Faith That Always podcast. Please follow Lenny on Twitter, at Nate Lenny. Follow me there, at Noisy Wavos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.